0: Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Tonight, today, is an exciting show. It's our 20th show. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the gentleman's name. I actually bought a course online, even though there's plenty of free things out there to look at about podcasting. It wasn't a lot of money, but he promised to give someone $20 after they produced 20 shows. Well, this is our 20th show, and I'm not sure I'm going to look them up for my 20 bucks, but it's something to consider. It's very difficult. The um, show with the uh, Steve Schmidt and uh, Elise Jordan, and I spoke about that last time, and I haven't received any emails or other word about the show. And usually that's how you know someone's still in business because you keep getting their emails. Some of the sites that I searched to find the guy's name, I've misplaced the book, the little booklet. It was quite a job to get the book, but, you know, it's a template. It's got three pieces of information that are helpful for a beginner, but I couldn't find them. And uh, I don't even know why I'm telling you this story. So there's a lot of references out there. And uh, really, I think it's comparable to you can get a book on chess. And I looked at a few trying to learn, and you see these moves. But there's no um, greater benefit than experience playing games, losing to a better player. And you can get some help and mentoring along the way. But life is like that. It's, It's trial and error. And again, we just do our best. So, with that in mind, I realize there's a lot I have to do with regard to my podcast and what I want to do with it, and how I do it, and how it's received, and all the stuff that's required to get out there and push something. But the improvements you'll see, we'll work on our studio and editing and more ambience, maybe guests. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing that it's what I can do to really, for me, appease myself, feel like I'm doing something. Because the world and our country, for sure, seems to be very polarized, more than usual, and in ways that make it almost possible not to recover from. So I'm being... the responsible party. I'm doing the best I can and hoping that some of this information will help other people to think things through. You know, there's a difference. I heard a guy, I'll talk a little more about him, uh, Jordan Peterson, he's a professor of psychology. And he talked about, in one video I watched briefly, that there's a difference between paying attention and thinking. We can think and think and think, but paying attention is really a different and very valuable asset. And we need to learn to do that. We need to take responsibility for learning how to pay attention. Of course, how can you? How can you take it all in? Where do you choose to get your news? When do you make the time? What kind of an attitude are you in? All these things We try and lead lives, we we try and do good things, I hope, contribute to something, uh, even if it's ourselves and we're making the world better as we do it, that's great. But learning to pay attention as we go about doing those things is always part of the challenge, deciding not only what to do, but how we're gonna pay attention to it, how we're going to serve it, which is really, I think, something that's been coming more and more aware to me, our duty. You know, I want to stress that. That's always been clear to me, but I'm not sure that duty from the right frame of mind is understood by everybody the way I would like it to be. It's really a good thing. It's what gives our life purpose doing something. It's part of the responsibility of paying attention. We have to contribute to this world so as i promised more focus more narrowing of the show I'll, I'll talk about a few things in the next segment well quite a few actually and it's an intellectual exercise in consuming truths that you should verify and yet absorb in a way that fit into a whole and bigger picture better i have a new book i'll also talk about it's very old It's a new book to me, but it is Speaking Secrets of the Masters. And what you say, if you don't have anything to say, it doesn't matter how well you do it, or sometimes that's not true. We see that people with no real message seem to resonate. So let's dig into this in our 20th show next segment. We were talking about duty and a sense of purpose in one's life to help. What an aid that is by all the literature, psychological and developmental. You know, people need to be responsible. They need to feel like they're contributing. And that is a sense that can employ creativity you know, it's not never just one thing. It's, it's what you do. And when you do it with love and with the purpose of benefiting everyone, that's what makes what you do great. And everybody does different things. So when we talk about doing great things and upholding duty and honor and things that help us pursue life, liberty, and happiness, you have to think about John McCain. John McCain was a towering figure that is in the middle of his send-off that is worthy of a president. He's being honored in such a way that says, Wow. And you never really know you have it when you have it. I mean, I don't know if people can think backwards, but it's, to me, a little bit like having George Washington in the room. Now, I'd like to say something about the nature of the man John McCain as I understand it. I understand that he was irascible. He would tell you that and he would argue and joke with fun. Uh, We just finished watching a movie, Tag, of the true story of men who all their lives played a game of tag with each other. And the competition is the way that John McCain, the fun competition is the way he could bar, but he could he could be determined, stubborn, and irascible and even with that, and then of course you have to go, well, the guy was tortured as a prisoner of war, so when you can do better than that, then maybe you could talk you know I mean I don't know you have to defend that because he was a hero. And if you were on the wrong side of him, at least you knew that his purpose was to help this country be a better country for everyone. And for this, we long for the likes of now and again, I hope again comes. It really does seem that no one is stepping up as a statesman right now, at least on the side that holds power And that's where you have to exercise it. If you don't, if your party doesn't have power, it's the people who have it that, and we see that, run the show. And this week, it was confounding. Lindsey Graham, who was a person I'm sure mutually admired, um, was, you know, with John McCain, mutually admired. I mean, they were friends, let's face it. He was friends with a lot of these guys. So today in a press conference, I saw him preface his remarks by saying that you might think this is a joke, but Jeff Sessions, who's another Senate colleague and uh, it is a good old boys club in a way, because all these guys know each other, so they have some rapport, some relationship, something in common that allows them to work together, and this is what we need from our uh, representatives. You know, we're a constitutional republic, and we rely on representatives, and these men are our most important representatives, so certainly they have to get along. And I don't mean to say that because Jeff Sessions is an old Senate colleague of Lindsey Graham that he shouldn't be held to whatever the requirements are. But Lindsey Graham must understand that allowing Trump to fire Sessions without and appoint someone else so that they could kibosh the Mueller probe, then that wouldn't be right. It would be more than not right. It would be a breach of his constitutional duties to be a check and balance on the awesome power of the President of the United States. And it's like taking a wild ride. You can't see where you're going. You're going so fast, you sure can't see where you're going to wind up. And this is what our nation is is going through. Uh, every day it just seems more wide a field of normal, a, a deliberate departure from the spirit of this country to be a beacon of decency and hope and not a kleptocracy or some sort of, I'm not sure, but some of this stuff just is uh, dictator-like. So if there is any validity to the authority of the special counsel, Robert Mueller, and if this is uh, one of the things, this Don McCann, he was the... White House counsel, which means that he protects the White House, the office of the presidency, not Donald Trump. And they let him go in, I guess it wasn't worth the fight, and basically tell the truth about all the stuff that would be pinned to obstruction if there was any of the Russian money laundering, and this guy would have no idea about that. But he would know what Trump actually did when he fired James Comey and a bunch of other real weird moments. And in the next segment, we will get into a few more things that are all mixed together. But I want to leave on the thought of what I saw today in legitimate media. Um, The Trump organization, or whoever is saying it, is trying to say that the Lester Holt interview where Trump admits to firing James Comey because of the Russian investigation is not that, and that the tape has been fudged, I think is the word they used, so it wasn't even what Trump said. Much like he did with the Access Hollywood tape, he questioned later, was that really him? We really can't have everything in question. And here's to John McCain, a true American hero that, despite his irascible and stubborn ways, no one could doubt was a true American patriot. I guess someone could. So, many of the things today, um, it seems like there's little, but there's, there's a lot. Reports come out. About, I saw a piece on the FBI headquarters being moved because the reconstruction or whatever they're going to do to it in downtown Washington is right across from the Trump Hotel. And so 10 years of planning is being revised and they're going to get a place in the suburbs. I will look out for that one. Another piece of confounding confusion was uh, the part, and I saw James Mattis today, General Mattis, our defense secretary, receiving John McCain and his family at Joint Andrews Air Base. I thought about the other story that what he's saying, the Pentagon hasn't really stopped planning for these war games with North Korea that were promised in the Kim Jong-un summit by Trump, you know, some of the things that are that serious, you really need to wonder how do they actually handle it? Because if you, you know, count on the slow movingness of bureaucracy, then the failure to get a, proper execution order would delay all those things. And I'm sure there is a problem with paperwork. We know that from that Don McGahn stuff and the White House counsel office. In the olden days, they had twice as many lawyers. No one will work at the White House. The Republicans are floating around a list of and it's meant to motivate their representatives to get reelected. I would imagine is if they weren't already motivated plenty. But the list is a um, short compilance. well, there's many many things on there, of all the possible investigations that would be launched if the Democrats took control of the House, and it's voluminous. There's some greatest hits and some things that you've forgotten about. But it's worth looking at. I would like to think that there are some things that are worth touting, gloating about. Just not in the way that I watch Donald Trump do it. It's it's I it's slithering. It's just I don't believe him. And I think that's my problem with all of that. I mean I don't even know why I would give him the benefit of the doubt so these are our times and if Jeff Sessions is out just look for chaos you know for instance if Donald Trump or anyone around him understood unless it's some contrivance that is beyond my scope of understanding but today And it's at the insistence of Trump. There will be no federal pay increase across the board. And there are a million of these uh, salaried governmental workers that are civilians that are going to be denied. And 140,000 of them are voters from Virginia and places where the seats in the House you know, there are some important ones that are in play. So it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. It does not do people good to be in a world that doesn't make sense. Speaking of which, today I also read a piece about machine learning that is progressing rapidly or more rapidly than they thought. And it seems to demonstrate the presence of instinct which may not seem like a lot but if a machine can through whatever process it runs come to a better determination then you know its intelligence is something that's beyond what humans can do and that's always been sort of the truth about computers i mean who can do all those calculations but this is a different level of order. It's not just processing, it's, it's, it's almost like guessing. And no things that we don't even give credit for being conscious think. I think it's time we need to do the same. So it's about thinking about how we're gonna do it when we are first aware that, that we should do it. We recognize that this is something that's important. A piece with that psychologist that talked about young men and men in general who need some sense of duty revived some sense of purpose of fulfillment to just be a man you know fulfill that part i talked about that the guys that go to the uh, garages and beat each other for trophies and just to see who's the better man and get hurt and just reckless, crazy things that you wouldn't think that these people would participate in because they might have regular jobs or families or, you know, but things compel them to not go to a gym, but to seek this out. That seems very interesting to look at. And, you know, as we talk, I, I realized that one of the reasons that I loved John McCain so much was he reminded me so much of my Uncle Roger. Now, he was married to a relative and not a real uncle, but he, he was a neat guy who was always trying to do something. You know, he kept a job. He was a salesman. He was a hustler and, you know, life insurance and stuff. But he would always run for school board and just volunteer and do things in the community because he enjoyed that. He, you know, he knew that that was a good thing to do. And it's funny how I just, really didn't put that together ever until now, so thank you for letting me do that. It's it's part of the combined effort to look ahead. I was very proud this week to be of some service this week at a planning commission meeting. Now, I mentioned before about our city forging ahead boldly, allowing facilities to operate, basically, that grow medical marijuana. And they make the distinction between legal or recreational, that is legal, and the medical. And I'm for that. But our community, the Planning Commission, got a little nervous, like there was some overreach. And I just reminded him that the mayor said he would take the heat. He was pretty excited about the fact that he got a unanimous vote from the council And they always overrule the Planning Commission if it's it's their will. So it was a bit of an odd situation because sometimes these things just take long. You wouldn't think that a meeting like that would take a while. There was some confusion about paperwork that didn't get to the commissioners before the meeting or, you know, when they arrived. Issues that they need to study, including this one. But progress marches on, and it was um, they took a vote and they voted down the expansion of these things. And then they took another vote, realizing what had happened, to simply postpone the item instead of say no. And that was pretty smart. But that's how government works. We see if we can disagree. We see if we can agree. And something good usually comes out of that. And I talked about the senators getting along. And, of course, Joe Biden, our former vice president, spoke today at John McCain's Arizona uh, service. And I suggest you watch that and remember the last words of this great American, John McCain, Then we need to work together, I'm paraphrasing, but we need to want to serve and love this country and take care of each other and build a more perfect union.